I'd like to share with you a visitation, a vision that I had from the Lord. And I'm going to start with Amos 3, verse 7. Surely the Lord God will do nothing, but he revealeth his secret unto his servants, the prophets. I was relaxing one afternoon, and I was watching a little movie on TV, just a simple little movie, and all of a sudden, a great flood of the Spirit of God came all through me and lingered. It was quite profound. I wasn't waiting on God like I normally do at times when I go to visit with him. I wait and I pray and I entreat back and forth with him. It wasn't like that. I was literally doing something. In other words, it wasn't an opportune time. It wasn't a time that I had chosen. It's the time that the Lord chose. And even in that, it spoke something very particular to my soul. The movement of God is not always moving in an opportune time. And this great flood of spirit, it awakened me immediately, and I began to inquire of the Lord. There was no sound or indicator from the Lord, just a heightened awareness that something big was going to happen. I immediately made some inquiries, but nothing definitive was revealed. Just this great movement of spirit that lingered in every fiber of my body. But I knew something big was going to take place. The first thing that came to my mind, and I asked of the Lord, is, Lord, did the apostle just go home to be with you? First thing that came to my mind. And I checked in the spirit, and I could feel her presence here. I knew she hadn't gone. The next thing I asked, Lord, did you take my husband? My husband is a prophet of God, and he was out on a prayer ride before the Lord, as he often does almost every day. And I could feel his presence. I knew he was still here. At the time, I didn't feel like any of the saints had left, not any that I was aware of or knew. But I knew something big was coming. I was on, uh, standing at attention in the spirit. The next day, I received a call that a dear, faithful servant and apostle of God was being rushed to the emergency room. It was determined that she'd had several strokes. And once all the busyness was, it was just a flurry of activity, a flurry of ra rallying, and a tremulous hour was upon the people that they'd nurtured, her and her husband had nurtured for decades, that they'd raised up and dug out. My husband and I decided to drive and pray. Again, we did that. We, used, we do that um, every day. We drive and pray. But this day, we went out again and drove and prayed. We waited to see how the Lord was minded, as we have at other times when the Lord, he would either restore and heal, or we, he would show great mercy and take a soul to their reward. And we've escorted those times and those hours through. 
This time, at first, there was a fervent rush of activity in the spirit as we prayed. We drove and quietly prayed. And then suddenly, a great peace came upon both of us, an incredible calm and a great peace. And I looked at my husband and I said, uh, what is the Lord showing you? And he says, I'm just waiting. I'm waiting to see what he chooses to do. See, we've weathered times through before when the Lord has come at an hour we thought not, and um, he would take a soul and take him home to be with him. And entreaties would be made, and my husband would visit with the Lord, and he knows the gravity and the sovereignty of the power and authority of God on the face of this earth. And he knows from experience, much experience, that it is God's call. Each one belongs to him. And he did entreat for one beautiful mother uh, and grandmother of many, um, some years earlier. And at that time, the Lord was minded to gather that one back to him. That was his mind. And my husband knew that you don't supersede the mind of God. He said he knew from that it wouldn't matter how hard anybody prayed. It didn't ha matter how hard they entreated. It didn't matter how righteous they were or spot on with God they were. We are the Lord's, and it's his call. And he said to me, he says, I'm waiting to see how God's minded, because I know no matter how hard anybody prays, God will do what he's going to do. And he was at attention as a dutiful soldier, reverent with great respect. But we could feel our beloved apostle still here, an amazing, wonderful soldier of the Lord. And I looked out in front of us, and we were on a quiet back road. And as I looked down that road, lined with trees, all of a sudden the heavens opened. And in front of me, the throne of God appeared. It was the most magnificent sight. Right in the heavens, they just parted and opened, and the throne of God was right there. And it was radiant. It was, the light was so brilliant. And what I saw from the throne is the skirts of the Lord, of God, literally flowing down from the throne and spreading out over the land. And the movement of God was so great. And I got to visit with him in that glorious place in the presence of God, in that secret pavilion. And I saw the busyness in that glorious place. And I saw an apostle who'd gone on before to be with the Lord. He was ever present right there. And I saw him and his wife, the apostle I speak of now, because she continued in his stead. After he left this earth, she continued the work of an apostle on the face of this earth, dutifully, beautifully, loyally, with all power and authority. And I saw the glorious rejoicing and the evidence of their work that was being accomplished on the face of this earth. It was massively huge, 
massively huge, a man of God, moved by the Spirit, had gone out and revived the true gospel. Because at that time, when he was first launched as a young convert back in his 20s, God had shown him how the word was beginning to become distorted and perverted and how the old foundation was being eroded away. And when he went to a school to be taught and get his degree as a minister, because he gave his life to the Lord when the Lord plucked him out of this world and gave his life back to him, because he was at that time, at 27 years of age, he was a terminal cancer patient. And God completely healed him on the spot. He healed him and restored him over time. He restored each, each part of his body that had been ravaged. And he gave his life fully to the Lord because something very profound had taken place then. This is extension and the continuation of that movement that God launched through that faithful servant. And as he was in the schools that were raising up the ministers of that day, he realized that they weren't following, adhering to the word of God. And he read about the apostles and the prophets that were on the face of the earth and that were launched on the day of a Pentecost. And he went up to one of the teachers because God was talking in his ear above the teachers. And the teacher said to him, when he asked him about the apostles that were spoken, the prophets and apostles that were spoken of in the book of, of, of the word of God. And he told him, oh, that's over and done with. That was for back then. It's not for today. And he held his hand out and looked at that man. And he said, well, shake hands with a new apostle. And a new thing was birthed and launched. A new and wonderful movement of God. And then God set him on a journey of training. Very similar to what he did with Paul of Tarsus, who, who was once Saul. And God sent him back to that desert place and taught him. He taught him his ways. He taught him his word. He taught him how to move in his spirit. God's spirit. The spirit of the Lord. And this faithful soul went forward many, many years of labor and toil, pressing into God many miracles. The dead were being raised. New limbs were being restored. The deaf would hear, the blind received their sight, a new thing launched. There were others at one time that had that great anointing upon them and they forsook it. They used it for filthy lucre. They used it for their own gain. And he went forward and said, God's word will, is not to be used in this way. Just like Jesus threw over the tables of those that tried to turn his house into a place of a marketplace for filthy lucre. And he said, no, my father's house is not to be used this way. So launched a new thing that's been loosed on the face of the earth, and it has ignited like fire. The power of God has been loosed. The power and authority of God has been loosed. And I watched these two pioneer and birthed many churches across the nation 
travel around the world three times, bringing the word in power and truth and the majesty of God being laid down and preached out into the air. And that word preached out into the air never stopped. It never stopped. It continued and it grew. And there were others across the globe that were crying out. And God heard the cry. And I watched the beauty and the glory of how it spread. And it is a global thing. It's not a segmented thing. It's magnificent. It's huge. And the rejoicing in the heavenlies over the labor of these faithful souls is very, very great. It's very, very large, and it can only be contained by God because there's no limit to the magnitude of it. And I hear the voice of God loosed across the nations. And every time I visit with God, it's not a single person. It's not a segmented group. It's a unified cry of God that's loosed. I've heard it in places like Scotland, Ireland, and Arizona, places nearby. I've heard it in Canada. These are just a few places. I've heard it through Washington, Washington State, just a few places. I've heard this cry thundering. I remember the day my husband came to me, a prophet of God, and he said, the Lord took me and he says, there are there apostles on the face of this earth. I just went to meet one in the spirit. And he was down in the underground hidden places in China. And to this day, they cry out a great cry. The voice of God is loosed. The cry of God is loosed in the land. It's loosed. And the Lord gave me this scripture. And it is the prophecy of Zechariah. And this voice will go out again today. Zechariah 8, verse 1. This is the answer God gave me. When I inquired, what are you doing, Lord? Again, the word of the Lord of hosts came to me saying, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, I was jealous for Zion with great jealousy, and I was jealous for her with great fury. Thus saith the Lord, I am returned unto Zion and will dwell in the midst of Jerusalem, and Jerusalem shall be called a city of truth, and the mountain of the Lord of hosts, the holy mountain. It's the people of God. It's a spiritual place. And it rings out across the globe at this time and in this hour. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, there shall yet old men and old women dwell in the streets of Jerusalem. And every man with his staff in his hand for very age. They're, even though their bodies are worn and ravaged. And they're being held up by that staff or whatever it is that holds their body up now. God has preserved them on the face of this earth for this hour. And the streets of this city shall be full of boys and girls playing in the streets thereof. Thus saith the Lord of hosts. If it be marvelous in the eyes of the remnant of this people in these days, should it also be marvelous in mine eyes, saith the Lord of hosts. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, 
Behold, I will save my people from the east country and from the west country, and I will bring them, and they shall dwell in the midst of Jerusalem, and they shall be my people, and I will be their God in truth and in righteousness. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, let your hands be strong, ye that hear in these days these words by the mouth of the prophets, which were in the day that the foundation of the house of the Lord of hosts was laid, that the temple might be built. For before these days there was no hire for man, nor any hire for beasts, neither was there any peace to him that went out or came in because of the affliction. For I set all men, everyone against his neighbor. But now I will not be unto the residue of this people as in the former days, saith the Lord of hosts. For the seed shall be prosperous, the vine shall give her fruit, and the ground shall give her increase, and the heavens shall give their due, and I will cause the remnant of this people to possess all these things. And it shall come to pass that as ye were a curse among the heathen, O house of Judah and house of Israel, so will I save you, and ye shall be a blessing. Fear not, but let your hands be strong. For thus saith the Lord of hosts, as I thought to punish you when your fathers provoked me to wrath, saith the Lord of hosts, I repented not. So again have I thought in these days to do well unto Jerusalem and to the house of Ju Judah. Fear ye not, people of God. For the, these are the things that ye shall do. Speak ye every man the truth to his neighbor. Execute the judgment of truth and peace in your gates. And let none of you imagine evil in your hearts against his neighbor. And love no false oath. For all these are things that I hate, saith the Lord. And the word of the Lord of hosts came unto me, saying, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, The fast of the fourth month, and the fast of the fifth, and the fast of the seventh, and the fast of the tenth, shall be to the house of Judah joy and gladness and cheerful feast. Therefore love the truth and peace. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, it shall yet come to pass that there shall come people and the inhabitants of many cities and the inhabitants of one city shall go to another saying, let us go speedily to pray before the Lord and to seek the Lord of hosts. I will go also. Yea, many people. And strong nations shall come 
to seek the Lord of hosts in Jerusalem and to pray before the Lord. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, in those days it shall come to pass that ten men shall take hold out of all languages of the nations, even shall take hold of the skirt of him that is a Jew, saying, We will go with you, for we have heard that God is with you, and that Jew today is the one inwardly in that place of Jerusalem, that holy city, is you, remnant of God. It is a spiritual dwelling place. It is a spiritual thing, and it is loosed upon the face of the earth. Even in this hour, rejoice and proclaim the great victory and liberty of God. It is a good work. It is a good day. It is a great victory, and miracles are loosed. Amen and amen. I desire to share with you further what the Spirit of the Lord is revealing to my soul as I wait upon him. And it is imperative. The sheep need a place to go. The Lord has loosed a great movement upon the face of the earth. Dear faithful people of God, do not bring the, the sheep to the altar and drop them. They will need to be tendered and cared for. I know there are those that are earnest in their, their entreaties before the Lord and are doing this. God is very gracious. He's laid down a platform for the people. He's laid down a platform for the hungry sheep. So I want to encourage you to make sure that the flock is safe and secured. Make sure they are rooted and grounded in the truth by the Spirit, by the moving of the holy hand of God. I love you all. I encourage you all to stand steadfast. And any that have questions, there are answers for you. There truly are. Go to God, ask him to direct you, and he will direct your steps, and he will open the avenues that your soul needs. He is a faithful God. Go forward in peace and rejoicing in him. I love you all dearly. Bless God. After getting this great visitation and this word from God, I had ongoing information about the beloved soul that we were waiting on and praying for, the beloved apostle that continued in her husband's stead. And the initial prognosis as it came out was not very good. But I will share this with you because I really want to encourage every single heart to realize the power and authority and the healing, restorative power of God. Now, the first report after they took her in to evaluate her at physical therapy and find out where her body was. And at that time, she was unable to walk. She was able to stand upright with help, stand upright if her knees were locked. And she could move, and she only, at that time, she only had 25% of her own strength and 75% of the support strength was from the physical therapist. 
Breaking that down, that means she would not be able to walk with a walker because she did not have the physical strength in her legs to support herself at that time. That's day one. That's the first prognosis. I think it was two days into the hospital visit. A great army of God were praying her through each moment, fasting and praying, loosing and entreating at the throne of God. Great power loosed. The very next day, now her daughter-in-law is trained in physical therapy. She's a, a, an assistant to a licensed physical therapist. She works with all those venues all the time, and she understood what they were saying to her. The next day, I got this elated. Now, this is a day of fasting and praying and being before God. She called me with the most elated report. She said, this is a miracle. This is an absolute miracle. Our beloved just walked down the hall of the hospital, and all she had to do was hand, hold onto the handrail. Incredible, incredible movement of absolute prayer and steadfast faith. There is such a rapid and increased restoration and power of God loosed. It's phenomenal how, what the Lord is doing. And that re recovery, I've seen it before. I've seen it before. I've seen the restorative power of God, the restorative power of prayers, and I've seen what was seemed to be absolutely disastrous turn around and become absolutely victorious recovery. So God did say he was going to keep those aged men and women at this time in their place before him. I want to encourage the people of God to continue to pray every day. God is doing a miraculous thing right now in this hour. And he may use the oddest things to move around his structure, to build his house, to strengthen, to train, to groom, to unite. He knows how to do it. Just remember one thing, each and every one of us, we are not our own. We're here for the use and purpose of God through everything that we bear and endure in this life. And I know the tender care of those that minister to this beautiful woman of God right now are going to receive an incredible blessing and training that nothing else could ever bring into their lives. I know this firsthand for having my hands on an apostle that has gone before us. He and his wife and I worked together and his son and my daughter. We labored over this beautiful soul up to his final hours. Do you think God would do anything less for her? Do you think God will do anything less for you when you lay down your life and you allow yourself to be used up for the work of God, the glorious work of God? He is faithful. He knows what he's doing. Trust him and believe him because he does not look at the outward appearance. He looks what's inside that holy vessel. And he utilizes every last second and every breath and every heartbeat is precious of every life. I love you all and I encourage you all. Stand fast at your post and go forward with confidence, 
with that absolute unmovable faith and trust in God that he will do what he is purposed to do upon the face of this earth and love and rejoice in everything that he does in all workings, whether they seem to be disaster or not. In God's eyes, there's a great and magnificent purpose in everything that he does. Bless God. And thank you, faithful people of God. Love you all. Bye for now.